first Sunday of Advent in the lectionary, uh, one of the texts was from Mark 13, which really struck me as an interesting text for Advent because we normally think of Mark 13 as discussing the second coming of Jesus, not his return, not his birth. But as as I thought through it, it is something that we often do as we get ready to celebrate the Advent or as we celebrate Advent and we get ready to celebrate the birth of Christ our hope is kind of rekindled uh, as, we, as we look forward to the second coming. So you're familiar w- with the passage, I'm sure. It's the one that says the, the sun goes dark and the moon turns to blood and the stars fall from the sky and we see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. One interesting uh, piece of that, though, about two verses later, it says that all of this will be fulfilled before this generation passes away. Well, obviously, the second coming did not happen before that generation passed away. So it kind of creates a bit of an interpretive uh, crux, a conundrum for us. Like, how do we understand what Mark's saying when he makes this reference that we'll see the Son of Man coming in the clouds, and this will happen before this generation passes away? So one interesting uh, possible solution to that is that uh, Mark is citing a story from Daniel chapter 7. And in Daniel 7, Daniel's seen this vision, and there's these four beasts, and they kind of rise up against Israel. But then this deliverer comes, this angelic figure who is called one like the Son of Man, comes and delivers Israel. And then at the end of that story, the Son of Man is seen coming in the clouds. But the coming of the Son of Man in Daniel is not a descension story, like the Son of of Man coming down to earth, but it's an ascension story. It's the Son of Man coming into heaven, coming to the very throne room of God. And the Son of Man then sits on the throne with the Ancient of Days, which is a remarkable uh, text to kind of come out of Judaism. Because uh, one of the things that kind of marked ancient Judaism from its kind of the, the other religions that were in the region is that they had developed this kind of um, radical monotheism, this belief that there is only one God. And so how could that one God share the throne with anyone or anything? Yet here in Daniel, we get this son of man coming in the clouds, meaning coming to heaven, and then sitting on the throne. So what if... When Mark uh, is recording Jesus' words saying, you'll see the Son of Man coming in the clouds and this will happen before this generation passes away, it's not so much a reference to the second coming, which Scripture speaks about in lots of other places, but is rather uh, a prediction of his ascension. Because then he'll talk about his death, he'll, he'll talk about kind of being raised again, and maybe all of that is in Mark kind of 12, 13, and 14. But perhaps this part of 13 then kind of represents his prediction of his coming in the clouds, but his coming, not coming to earth, but coming to sit on the throne with his father, which is a story, of course, that we do get in Luke and a story that is also very important to understand where we are today. So on Christmas Eve, we, we, we've been celebrating Advent, and tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow's the day we celebrate the birth of the Christ. And we also have hope that Jesus will return, and we'll celebrate that as well. 
But in between those, Jesus has ascended, and Jesus is the king. Bernard of Clairvaux, in his sermons on Advent, said that there were three comings of Christ. He says this, We know that there are three comings of the Lord. The third lies between the other two. It is invisible, while the other two are visible. In the first coming, he was seen on earth, dwelling among people. In the final coming, all flesh will see the salvation of our God, and they will look on him who they pierced. In the first coming, our Lord came in our flesh and in our weaknesses. In this middle coming, he comes in spirit and in power. In the final coming, he will be seen in glory and majesty. I was drawn to this passage uh, by Bernard. I was uh, reading a new book that's coming out here soon uh, by a friend, Chris Green. It's called Surprised by God. And in his final chapter, he speaks of this third coming that uh, Clairvaux talks about. And that's what we celebrate every time we celebrate communion. We're not just celebrating the birth of Christ, and we're not just celebrating the second coming of Christ. We're celebrating this third in-between coming, that Christ comes to us, that Christ is formed in us. In the same way, or at least in a similar way, that Christ was formed in Mary. Christ is formed in us. In his, in his opening of that chapter, uh, Chris cites these two uh, passages from Paul, one from Galatians 4 and the other from 1 Thessalonians. In Galatians, Paul writes, I am again, this is Paul writing, I, Paul, am again in the pain of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Interesting, right? So that, that Paul feels like he's kind of birthing the Galatian church uh, into the very form of Christ. And then in Thessalonians, Paul, Timothy, and Silas, who wrote that letter together, say, We were gentle among you, like a nurse tenderly caring for her own children. It's in Christ's third coming that is, Christ is formed in us, and then this is the beauty of it. Now we are called to go and form Christ in others. It's, it's what happens when we live our lives faithfully with, amongst those we love and we share our faith and love and forgiveness and mercy that God has given us. We share it with our neighbors and our coworkers. And, and then, very much like Mary, we kind of, and like Paul, we give birth to Christ's third coming in them. So on this day, we celebrate this most faithful time that Christ comes, that Christ comes to us. In the lectionary, the passage for today, was one of them was 2 Samuel 7. Uh, David's like, wow, you know, I've, things are really going well for me. He's, he's king by this point. And he's like, I, I should build a house for the Lord. Out of, out of cedar. And, and Nathan, the prophet's like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. You should do that. But then the Lord speaks to Nathan and says, David's going to build me a house? Like, do I need David's help? I mean, I, was, I, was, uh, I moved with you in the wilderness. I was in a tent. I was in a tabernacle. I, I've cared for you all this time. I've brought you to this place. I've given you this land. 
It's not David that needs to build me a house. I'm going to build David a house. I'm, I'm going to, to make this place for him. And this is exactly what we then see. And this is what I've been trying to speak of. We read it in our responsive reading earlier. And we, we sung about it when we sung, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, whose, whose uh, chorus uh, says, uh, He shall come to thee, O Israel. Until it gets to the very end and it says it changes from the future, he shall come to thee, to the present. He has come to thee, O Israel. And in the passage that we prayed in our responsive reading from John, uh, the Gospel of John chapter 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word there could be translated tabernacled among us. That, that Jesus came down in the very flesh and all of the weaknesses and gentleness and vulnerability of a newborn baby. And now Christ can come to us in all of those things.